0: night. I toss turn. I keep my mind, mind. Now you realize for peace that, that on Friday, Benjamin, you said
2: it's a must win game for Nevada. Nevada. That's yeah. right. Still, Not did, the Aztecs. didn't love
3: how it went down. Let's, um. yeah, Paulie's got it in the Rondel Report, so why don't we just get right to okay, it here? Let's do it. Start with some Aztecs in today's edition of the Rondel Report. And get things started here with our edition today's edition of the rindle report
2: now tuned into the greatest welcome to the rindle report
0: All right. And
3: today's All round of right. reports is brought to you by Polly's favorite brand of dog food, the Farmer's Dog.
4: Love the Farmer's Dog. I mean, your
3: dog's favorite brand. Yeah, your, not, I mean, mine. You I've don't eat it. Although they
2: say it's so good. Say it's say If you I had could, to
4: eat dog food, that that would be at the least food real food. You
2: would eat. I get be it. Better than Dunkin' yeah. Donuts.
4: Maybe, maybe. <laughs> All right, let's go back to Friday night. San Diego State on the road uh, at Nevada. Both teams were 18-4 and four heading into that contest. And uh, Nevada won 70-66, watched uh, almost the entire game, thought that it was very sloppy on both teams, and had some money on the Aztecs, uh, plus two and a half points. And my God, what a bad beat. That was, if you watched, it went to overtime, and there was a weird penalty, uh, a foul called with like .2 seconds remaining. Game's over. Uh, Nevada won by two, and then they called a foul, had to get everybody off the court so that the guy could go back out and shoot two meaningless free throws, which then pushed it over the four points. This,
3: yeah, that'll make Scott Van Pelt's segment, I bet, tonight, his Monday bad beats, yeah. because they could have closed it out. Had they even lost in regulation, you would have won the bet. Yep. They had a chance to win it in regulation. They had a chance to win it in overtime. They didn't do either, and the only way they could lose was a rebound foul that occurred with .2 seconds left that they thought the game was over. I mean, the cheerleaders were on the court. Everyone was, like, saying goodbye and sorry, and they took everyone off the court just to give Nevada free throws to cover. Let's start with the, I think, the obvious. Aztecs should have won that game. That was a winnable game. They had many opportunities. The offensive sets at the end of regulation and overtime were not good. They didn't get good shots off. Nevada's a very good defensive team. I'll give them some credit, but you're looking for maybe something better than Darion Tramiel, the shortest guy on the court, trying to hit a shot over like the tallest guy on the court. That can't be what you're looking for in that situation. (laughs) Maybe a timeout would have served Dutch. I know he likes to let his players make plays, but the guy who makes the plays... Lamont Butler in those situations had fouled out, so he wasn't out there on the court for your key situations. Maybe you you slow things down, you call a timeout, and you you draw something up for your guys in that situation. I saw some people ripping Dutch and go, "Yeah, he doesn't know how to coach." Let's, you're crazy. He does. Maybe he could have handled that situation better at the end of the game. So that was one the Aztecs got away, and I was hoping they could win one of those road games against one of the top teams in the Mountain West. They didn't.
4: I will However, say, I am sick and tired. I don't know if there's some home cooking going on with the refs. There is. We've discussed but it. But it feels like Jaden Ladie just gets, gets crushed. abused on every road. single road yeah. game. It's really frustrating. Yeah, I, I tweeted
3: once. He, he got absolutely hammered on one side of the court. This is late in the game. Critical. The game was. The game was close all the way. It was ugly, but it was close. It was like within three points, I always felt, I felt the, the better part of the Sandy second half.
4: Just get a lead <laughs> and just get going. Get a comfortable four, five, six-point lead. They'll they'll roll.
3: They finally did get like a one, three-point lead late. That was as close as it. I mean, it was close all the way through. But there was one sequence where Ladie absolutely got hammered and there was no call. And then they went to the other end and what looked like a pretty clean defensive play by Lede and he gets whistled for and it's like <laughs> this is what i'm talking about these road games the the refereeing is just they can't seem to get it right in these road mountain west games however the reason why i'm not going to get too much up in arms about this loss is metrically it didn't hurt the Aztecs in fact they were number 21 going into the game in the net rankings they uh they're now 19 they've gone up two spots even with the loss they actually they're going up in the computer metrics, what the NCAA uses for the uh, you know the selections and the seating, so didn't hurt them That's at good. all. I will also point this out: they are now three and six in quad one games. Which yeah, that doesn't look great, but they haven't lost any other games all season long. They're undefeated in the rest of the games. They'll have two more quad one games at home this week against Colorado State and New Mexico's because they're both top thirty in the net. So at the end of this week, if they can <laughs> if they can hold serve at home and they don't lose these home games, yep. they'll have five and six record. That eleven quad one games are as many as anyone in the country has, and five wins will be as. I uh, being like third or fourth most in the country in quad one wins and no bad losses, that would be an incredibly impressive NCAA tournament resume. I mean, maybe like even third or fourth seed by sure. the time we're end of the year. If they can hold just court at home, and then if they can go steal that one at Utah State the next week, which is another quad one game. All of a sudden you'd be talking about 500, the 500. yeah. You'd be talking about the Aztecs around, you know, three three seed on the line. So these next three are, are really big. Got a hold serve at home and then maybe steal one on the road, but that loss actually did not hurt them very much now at you, Nevada.
2: You did. You did exactly as I asked you. You sent me uh several updates throughout the game, and it was really great. Now I will be honest with you. I didn't check them until later. I was having such a good time at dinner with some friends. And uh, we went to Rare Society, which was just—it was very
3: unusual of you not to respond at all to well, my text. For once, so. I
2: had my phone in my pocket. I was enjoying the the mood of the dinner. Then something happened to me. I haven't told you guys this yet. Something happened to me in a restaurant that's never happened to me before. Hmm. Maybe it's never happened to anyone. Brace, brace yourselves! I saw a, a naked woman in the bathroom. Sorry, what? In the men's room. In the men's room. Naked. Yes.
3: Naked. Uh, All the way. Like a live person or was it like a
2: picture live. or a she was a live person. A live? I went, got up from dinner, had a couple of old fashions, walked into Did the restroom. Did you hallucinate this? Nope. Walked into the, uh, walked into the uh, men's restroom. So if you go to Rare Society, it's actually not in the restaurant. It's, it's outside out, yeah. by like where the parking structure. So I walked in and I, I WM, okay, men's on my left. I, op- I opened the door, and there's a nude woman sitting on the toilet. And she was wearing a jumpsuit, so she had to take it all the way down to her ankles. And I the door was unlocked, so I, oh, there was no code or anything. I opened the door, and she goes, ah! It covered herself. But I saw everything. Everything. And I go, I'm so sorry. And I shut the door. And she's like, ah, it's my fault. I didn't lock the door. And I'm still through the door going, I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. You're also
3: in the men's room. You're
2: yeah, actually in the men's room.
3: Which is fine. Is it like a one-person bathroom? Yes. So really, it doesn't matter if it's men or women. If you lock the door, you're in there by yourself.
2: You. Yeah. If but you she lock, didn't the door, lock the door, she didn't, and so mm-hmm. I just went, "Whoop! Oh, oh!" And then the hand <laughs> over the breasts. I mean, nude and not seems attractive-ish. So got,
3: I, I, I gotta say, if if I know that I have to remove all my clothes I'm in a bathroom, make sure. I am gonna double check and triple check. I'm probably gonna test it. Like, hey. Wiggle it a little bit just to make came, sure this
2: I, is totally locked. So I came back to the table, and my face had gone white, <laughs> right? So I I, I put the brake on pause. Like I just said, I'll just hold it. Went back, and I Hannah's like, what happened? I said, well, this is what happened. And Hannah got, she's like, really, who? And turns around, and we go through the window. I go, her. And she looks over, and she's laughing. And I'm like, it's okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It was It's never happened it's to me awkward. before. It was awkward. Definitely awkward. Hannah's like, well, did you like what you saw? And I said, yeah. I mean, what's, I'm, you know, still a man at the end of the day. So sure, absolutely, I did. But that was that was a new one for me. Hmm, but I felt bad. We, then we got um, onto this. this
3: is why you weren't responding to my yeah. constant as yeah. text updates. Yeah, for worth the it. game.
2: Yeah, worth it. <laughs> but I I I couldn't believe what I my eyes had just seen. Mm-hmm. This is incredible. Interesting, but you think about those jumpsuits. I mean, you literally had to take the whole thing yeah. down just to go.
3: It's number Just the one. functionality of it. There's yeah. no, there's no zipper. No, there's even no that is still coming all the way. It's coming all the way down. Do you ever use the zipper for its actual purpose? No,
2: because I wear the, um, m- like the man panties with no hole. There's no hole, so you can't. What's the purpose? Does I'm anyone to- though? I like. Well, used to when I wore boxers, I did. I you put, really? You yeah, just, but go- you didn't unbutton the. No, no, I just used the zipper. Really? You yeah. just I don't think I I've ever unbuttoned. just
3: used the zipper. It's an I've underwear always thing. unbuttoned and zippered.
2: Even if well, if I went commando, I could go through the zipper. No I still problem. wouldn't probably go through the zipper. My kids you know this metal on the zipper. Who are learning how to <laughs> go to the bath, both of them still to this day yeah. when they go stand up pee, but pants around the ankles, and I'm <laughs> like, "You don't have to do this."
3: Have you ever accidentally got it caught in the zipper? No, never. Never. Never once. No. no, Polly. No. Oh, I think yeah, it's happened before. You're just not paying enough attention, and
2: no, I'm pretty dialed bit. in. When I do that, I'm pretty dialed in. Okay, yeah. I'm very aware of my surroundings. I saw I saw something about Mary. Yeah, what's yeah. that? What's that bubble? How'd you get the beans about the Frank? It's the greatest scene, <laughs> but yeah, it scared me to death. I didn't know this oh, about my you, Ben. Gosh. Scar tissue. Sorry no, I mean not like
3: serious damage. Just, just like, oh ooh, 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 wait, you don't care, and then not like stuck or anything. Sorry about just- the uh,
2: aside there, but I, I had forgotten. This about is as, it. this is good Aztecs talk. It's great. Is Aztecs what Aztecs is. Talk. Yeah, that's can, why I didn't read ben your updates. Woods. I'd seen a naked woman. This, you this don't is get and that and kind of Aztec, Aztec content talk. anywhere else.
3: <laughs> this is this is how we do it. We got a bleeder. Our- yeah, <laughs> exactly.
4: We will continue. Uh, a couple hours ago, and don't do this. We talked about the waste management open. Uh, Zach Johnson, one of the golfers there, had enough of the rowdy crowd and scolded them, and that was caught on video. And I can kind of explain maybe why. I guess. Uh, alcohol sales at one point throughout the event stopped and people were upset confused trying to figure out what the hell was going on so a guy went on TikTok he was a bartender at the tournament and he kind of explained everything from his point of view listen to how chaotic this got at an already crazy and raucous golf tournament the craziest one in the whole year Listen to the bartender who was there working.
0: As somebody that was bartending today when they told us to stop serving alcohol, let me tell you what we heard. So around 1.30 when we were extremely busy, we were told by our boss to stop serving alcohol. Reason being was because the Scottsdale Police Department and the Scottsdale Fire Marshal told us to stop and they stopped letting people in because there was almost a half a million people on the course at that one time. And the security that we're supposed to be checking tickets at the gate just said, this. And started letting everybody in without checking (laughs) tickets. So people were getting in for free. People were getting into VIP boxes for free where it's all you can drink. And eventually everybody (laughs) in the VIP boxes were like, ah, f*** it we'll just serve everybody no matter what and so everybody's getting extremely hammered and on top of that the behavior was just too out of control for them to manage with half a million people there so when they told us to stop serving we just stood around and hoped that they were going to say okay we can serve now in like a half hour hopefully some people will get out but that never happened after standing around for over two hours they eventually said we're done we want everybody out so everybody that was in general admission and not in a vip skybox they ended up leaving because they couldn't buy food they couldn't buy non-alcoholic drinks and they couldn't buy alcoholic drinks so there's really no point to be there. So, so there's
2: no, there's no, this tournament now is what it is. I don't think there's any going back from it, right?
3: More like the wasted management often.
2: <laughs> Waste management? More like wasted management.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: There's no going back from and That's this. what it is. Front gate it security. Is just is. Said, PGA Tourism has
3: embraced it. They don't ask people to be quiet at that tournament. You know, the signs. They, they do,
2: help. but they, they, they yeah. They
3: ask. Even, at, even at 16, they really just let you talk. and You, know, the, you make noise, and, and that's what that tournament is. They get crowds that are insane. I mean, 50 times the, the amount that other tournaments sometimes get. It's the People's Open. It's a party. It's crazy. It's good TV. It's good theater. But I mean, if you're a golfer, I know what was it? You know, guys
2: were yelling like, "Hey, we're trying to, we're doing our job out it here." It was Billy can you, Horschel.
3: Can you not yell in my backswing at the very least? Shut the F up!
2: It's my job. I'm <laughs> like, oh god, Billy's not a guy you want to piss off. <laughs> Zach Johnson, fine, but Billy Horschel is terrifying. Yeah, it's not going to change. It's going to. I mean, they're going to. They can put all the restrictions and this and that on it. It's that it, tournament is what it is at this point. I mean, it, they'll they'll find a way.
3: Well the reason why it won't change is that uh, they they make a lot of money.
2: Make a ton of, of money. A ton. You heard And
3: me. they give a lot of money to charity to yeah. be uh, to honest in the in the Phoenix area, but it, you can't really put the genie back in that bottle No,
2: that's no, it's this is Okay, we're going to do it, but we're
3: all going to be we're gonna really be well behaved and calm now. Can't go back. Can't go back.
4: Right. finally, my last story here, little little uh, taco story. So, do you guys remember Taco Bell used to have, like, the Doritos taco
2: shells? They still do. I do have, they still I have I had those. one yesterday. Doritos Locos. Yesterday. Doritos Locos. Delicious. I
4: was a big fan of those. We got a new entry into the mix. Uh, the brand Old El Paso is selling taco shells that have been dusted with cinnamon toast crunch. Nope.
0: And
3: then, what are you supposed to put in them? Meat, like ice cream, meat, whatever you want.
4: Chaco like tacos. Meat, cheese,
2: and sauce.
4: You can put on whatever you want, but cinnamon toast crunch taco shells. You buy
2: them at the store?
4: Yes, they are for sale at Walmart for $3 a box. Okay. You can get them on walmart.com right now. And then, I think after this week. That's uh, starting not, next month, they but, will be available in retailer stores.
3: That's not something I want to put like seasoned meat and taco sauce Delicious. in with Lettuce, a cinnamon cheese. See, it, on the box, it looks like they've got ice cream or some sort of banana split in there. That makes sense. I understand that. Which reminds me of one of my other secretly favorite Super Bowl commercials <laughs> Dr. Umstick. D- D- Drumstick, the. Oh, yeah, that was good. Dr. Um-stick.
2: Yeah, Eric Andre was on the plane. He's like, Can you help me? He's like, No, I can't help you. I don't know anything about the human body. He's just handing out drumsticks. Dr. Um-stick. That was a good one. Forgot about that one. It's great.
3: But Chaco tacos are not a thing anymore. All right. Those right? things look so, phenomenal. You can make your own now, Chaco tacos with these tacos. The shells. old El Paso shells look
4: delicious. All right. $3 a box, Walmart.com, while supplies last. And then, yeah, next month, popping up at retailers all across the country. Cinnamon Toast Crunch Taco Shells.
2: Man, delicious.
4: Thank you, Paulie. You're
2: welcome. Thank you.
3: And uh, speaking of the Aztecs, when we come back, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to tomorrow night's game against Colorado State. So stay tuned. Your chance to uh, get into Viejas Arena. For, uh, you got to hold serve at home. I've been lenient on the road losses, knowing you how tough this conference very is. Lenient. But that comes with a trade-off, and yep. that means you gotta hold serve at home. You gotta make sure you influence those refs the other way. If you go to the game, have your chance <laughs> to win some tickets to uh, tomorrow night's game. Coming up next year with Bennett Woods after a check of traffic on 97.3 The Fan. All right, final couple segments of the day. Annie and Elston coming up at 10 o'clock this morning. Going to give away some San Diego State basketball tickets here in a moment. Uh, speaking of college sports, another headline Polly uh, didn't get to. Uh, the news that Chip Kelly is leaving UCLA as their head coach to become the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Yeah, buddy. After Bill O'Brien left on Friday to take the head coaching job at Boston College. I think the argument that Chip Kelly is doing something smart, even though he's taking a pay cut, I totally get that. You're going to have success immediately there. You're going to be a hot candidate in a year or two for another head coaching job somewhere. I totally get that. I don't think there's any way UCLA can sell this. I as, mean, it's as a positive. It's a complete. I mean, a complete disaster for their football program. They're going. It's a to complete the, crap. Yeah. They're going to the Big Ten. Chip Kelly was going to be a Big Ten head coach. And he's saying, I'd rather be a Big Ten assistant coach at a different school than be a Big Ten head coach at UCLA is an incredible indictment of the UCLA football program.
2: Or, yeah, you're right. I mean, but also. And
3: the system
2: and everything. So it's funny, the one commercial we didn't mention that actually I laughed uh, pretty heartily at was the Dr. Pepper commercial. That had the transfer portal. That's been going. That's been, awesome. that's been going on. Yeah, I love that. I missed that. I, love that. I missed it entirely. I, I was laughing left. my ass off. <laughs> oh, no, we lost our corner. No, not our
3: corner. We built our offense around, around you. Our <laughs> offense revolves around I, I, you. I, I have missed that
2: entirely. <laughs> yeah, that's been going. I over do a few enjoy weeks. that one. I thought that was hysterical. <laughs> but I mean, are we? Is it wrong? No. Is it really wrong uh, to to think about that, Benny? It, and when you don't have to worry about that. The coordinator position, I'm, I'm looking at, at Spagnola last night going, you know what? This is the life. This is the life. Like, you just dial up the defense at the right time, and you're a champion, and you don't have to worry about the media or any other crap. Like, you just go out and do what you're good at. I understand, you know, there's guys that want to be the man, then there's guys that are just really, really good at their specialty.
3: Here's the sad thing. USC, understandably, took the gold the big 10 gold and they wanted to go and the massive media rights and everything that goes with it. When they were offered a spot and they kind of dragged UCLA along with them because they wanted to keep the rivalry and the LA schools together. So the big 10 took UCLA, UCLA doesn't belong in the big 10. This is a clear sign that it was a mistake for UCLA to leave the PAC 12. If you could go back in time and undo this, let USC go, let them go by themselves Keep the Pac-12 together. You invite San Diego State like they were about to, like they were minutes away from doing, essentially. If UCLA doesn't go, I don't think Oregon and Washington leave. You have a Pac-12. It stays together. It makes so much more sense for college sports. You don't just blow up the entire <laughs> West Coast. Obviously, it's great for San Diego State, and none of this had to happen. And now is in a conference that they're going to be completely overmatched Irrelevant. in. In a, in a, at a school where their coach doesn't even want to be the head coach because he knows how bad it's going to be and be irrelevant and have to do extra traveling for everything just to be irrelevant in football. And it didn't have to be this way. And that's what's such a bummer. It could have worked out really well, I think, for a lot of schools and not that badly for UCLA either had they just stayed. But they couldn't turn down the money either once it was being offered. They went, and they will make a lot of money in the Big Ten, yep. but they will get their... It'll get their brains smashed in unless they come up with a genius coaching hire. At this point, it's looking like it's going to be a really tough road for UCLA for a few seasons. For
2: sure, for sure. I, I mean, I kind of, you know, I, I get why he did it. I absolutely get why he did it. It sucks that they got strung along uh, there, but it makes sense for him. It's one thing that we need to remember at the end of the day. We talk about it all the time. Everyone wants to bitch at players all the time for leaving and this and that. There's no loyalty. There's no, not even loyalty from your head coach. No. If you can't have loyalty from your head coach, you're going to ask. I want loyalty from you, but I'm not going to give it. What's that about? Right? Like I, you need yeah. to be loyal, but you're not going to get it from me. But I need you to be it. That's it's a.
3: It's, you like to yeah. give advice, but you don't yeah, like to take exactly it. Exactly. You need right. to be
2: loyal, but if I get a better opportunity, <laughs> I'm gone. See you later. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Yes, I know. I convinced your parents. This isn't even here. a better
3: opportunity. This is a worse opportunity. Technically, he went from head coach, head coach to, offensive, to coordinator offensive coordinator in the same conference, and it took a pay cut to do so. Sure. <laughs> I mean, that's is that not an indictment? If he was getting paid more, you can say, well, he, he went for the it's, money. Yeah, if he took another head coaching job, you could say, well, he's a head coach. Same conference. You went from head coach to it's. It's but like, Ohio right, State it's like Brian Dutcher goes, you know, I'd rather be an assistant coach at New Mexico than right. be the head coach at it's San Diego State. It's, it's not but close to the same. It's not because San Diego State's so good. No, no, but, but, uh, right. okay. All right, it's like you be rather it's be like offensive? Air Force's head coach rather being an assistant coach at San Diego State than being the head coach at Air Force. Same conference. Same conference. Doesn't want to be with the school but there. But
4: let's talk about
2: the echelons yeah, in the conference. you, you got to
4: factor in where Chip Kelly's at in his career, his age, and all of that. I mean, that plays a role. Like, a young guy, a guy in his 30s, would you rather be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers or the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs? Right. Right, I mean, I think you take the. I think you if take you're the... older, like Chip Kelly, you want that. You'll take that OC role because you're going to win a couple more ships, I mean, and I mean, you're it, done. It
3: essentially happened with San Diego State. Rocky Long, head coaching at San Diego State, to be the offensive coordinator at New Mexico.
2: Yeah, it's not. He, but, he really did. It's yeah. the, but it's not the same. But that in was that. more
3: of a personality. I think, kind of a Rocky thing. It's
2: not the same in that you're going to one of the elite football universities in the country from a you know program you were trying to build back up. Uh, it makes sense to me. It does. It makes perfect sense to me. And, uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, they're going to get their money, but it's going to be it's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, says a while. in
4: the chat. UCLA is like a junior college compared
2: to yeah. Ohio it's State. absolutely true. It's but they're in the same true. conference. They are in the same conference.
3: That's the problem. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Fine. I mean, there is tiers of college football. I get that. San Diego State's not on the same tier either. Right. But they don't have to play Ohio State and Michigan every single year <laughs> in the Big Ten. They get their brains beaten in, too. And UCLA is a lot closer right now to a Mountain West school in football than they are to a Big Ten school in football. Sorry, that's the reality. All right, let's give away some Aztecs tickets. Uh, Send you to Viejas Arena tomorrow night. You can go to goaztecs.com to get your own tickets. But uh, to watch the Aztecs play the Colorado State Rams, be the fourth caller, 833-288-0973. Fourth caller, 833-288-0973. Call now. We'll come back. We'll wrap up with a little more podcast. Praise talk get you ready for day two of spring training we still have some sound i want to hear from michael king yeah some of the other audio we haven't gotten to earlier
2: we got a couple of uh, early reports as well we can uh, let you guys know who showed up to peoria this morning maybe a surprise for some people coming up next
3: on 97 through the fam. Congratulations to Carl. Paul is currently talking to him and uh, hooking him up with those Aztecs tickets as our winner today. Uh, I think we'll have more tickets to give away for the New Mexico game later this week. Is that a Friday? I think that's a Friday game for San Diego State. So two home games this week for the Aztecs. And by the way, just had that discussion about Chip Kelly. Well, breaking news, uh, UCLA has, in fact, named a new head coach this morning. They've gone with former Bruins running back Deshaun Foster, who has been the running back's coach for UCLA. So he will take over for Chip Kelly as the team transitions to the Big Ten. And not a knock on Deshaun Foster, apparently, was the overwhelming choice of the players who really like him and oh, yeah. believe so were, in him. They were
2: tweeting about him. Yeah. Um, everybody kind he, of calling he's for like, him. He's like, their
3: to... are Sharon Moore. Yeah. The only problem is, if he was... If he had the ability to do something and change, wouldn't they have been better the last couple of years? It's hard when you just promote an assistant after you haven't had that great of a season or two. It's like, well, if he if he was so great, well, why, maybe they handed Chip they better? Kelly. It's possible. Yeah, I'm, I didn't get the sense that they were trying to fire Chip Kelly though, um, and get rid of him. We'll see. We'll see. Wish him some wish him some luck. I have no ill will toward UCLA. It sounds like you do, but I just uh, like I just think and they're and in a bad situation here and. Deshaun Foster, I mean, yeah, you take the job. It's your school, and you're going to be a Big Ten head coach for the first time. Not many people get to be a first-time head coach and go straight to the Big Ten as their first head coaching job. So, yeah, he's got to take that job, but he's got a big challenge ahead of him for the UCLA Bruins. All right, let's, uh, let's talk some more Padres after traffic here. I want to hear a little more audio from some of the guys who spoke yesterday, and Woods is going to tell us who has already shown up in camp this morning uh, early here on a Monday, next seven three The Fan. So Padres pitchers and catchers reported to camp yesterday. Uh, Sammy Spring Training joined us earlier, and you can uh, listen throughout the day for live reports from Sammy uh, here on 97.3 The Fan. He did uh, have a shot of Hassan Kim, who was there early, didn't see any other position players yesterday, although he admitted wasn't in the locker room so he couldn't see everybody. But this morning, some newcomers already in Padres camp.
2: Well, as you like to say, he's our man on the scene in the beast of the belly, as you so eloquently put. Sammy Levitt tweets, Jake Cronenworth and Manny Machado have arrived inside the Padres clubhouse in Peoria this morning. I like that. I think they all realize that this is already a short spring training. Robert Suarez is also there, Benjamin. He has made his way. Yeah,
3: good. No, so um, good. You know, a lot of spring trainings, let's be honest, are too long For some of the players. They're only so long because the pitchers need that much time to kind of build up and be ready to start. But for position players, I've heard many times they said, yeah, three, three weeks, maybe four tops is all I need. So reporting to camp before Valentine's Day for a season that doesn't start until maybe April 1st is kind of a drag for guys. Good
2: way to get out of Valentine's Day bits. So. So, so they don't Very tend
3: to race there before the the official report date. But this year with the Padres leaving for Korea on March 13th, we're a month away from yep. that date where they leave. So that's the four weeks. So they're ready to get in and get to work Right away. I mean, the Dodgers reported last week. They were in last Friday. Last Friday. And I think their full squad reports today or tomorrow. So. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you get more early arrivers than than a normal season for the Padres this
4: Quick year. Note on that: Did you guys see uh, Nabil Krismat's? Sure Instagram did. Post? Yeah, it broke my heart. That
2: man. hurt. Yeah, it broke my heart too. That one hurt. He
4: uh, posted pictures of him out at Dodgers spring training, him throwing in the Dodger blue, and then a picture of him in the clubhouse shaking hands with Ben's buddy, Dave Roberts, yep. Ben's buddy, and he says, uh, "Day one on the books. Nice to be in blue now." Oh uh,
2: man, yeah, it stings a little yikes. bit. But hey, listen, Ooh. out of all the guys on their team. All of the guys on their team. I hope we see Nabil Crismat a bunch. That's one that I look and say, bring him in. The more times we get to see Nabil, better our chances of absolutely barreling baseballs. Nothing against Nabil at all. Nothing, but he's not. He's not. He's not the guy on the Dodgers that strikes any fear well, into me
3: whatsoever. I'm I'm of two minds on
2: this. Is he gonna find fifteen mile an hour of velocity? Maybe. He might.
3: No, I mean Nabil for the Dodgers would be a mop up man, correct?
2: Oh. Yes.
3: Yes. I, and I don't really see the Dodgers suffering a lot of 12 1 losses. No. Nope, which 12-1 means victories. The mop ups for Nabil, if he's on the team, will be in games they're so far ahead yeah. that they don't want to waste anybody. I mean, every team so needs one. So, in that one. sense, I don't really want to see Nabil coming into a lot of games against my
2: team. Everybody, everybody <laughs> needs one. Because it I, likely
3: means my team is down double digits at that point.
2: I will I will probably serve in that role for the Tier 1s, mop up, uh, up or down. That's, I'm, I'm, I know yeah. it. I, I mean, know it's coming. Hey, so. if
3: the Dodgers are losing so many games by 10 runs that Nabil's getting in like twice a week, yeah. that's fantastic news for all of us. Yeah, I mean, that he, is fantastic. If he
2: gets in and turns nasty, <laughs> we are doing, we're launching an investigation into their <laughs> facilities. I will, we're yes. launching an investigation. It's going to happen. I will get subpoenas. They're replacing their Players
3: with some sort of advanced robot There's technology. Something
2: going on. Something. If he goes in, he's a soft tosser, my friends, and he's a good dude. And I really like Nabil. I do. And he, that's part of the game. You have to play. I get it. Right. When we were across the street, we hated this place. When we came here, we had to pretend that we liked it, and now we love it. So there you go.
3: Uh, so guys who already kind of turned the corner, pitching wise, include Michael King. Who did so last season with the New York Yankees, especially late in the year, uh, when he made uh, some impressive starts down the stretch with stuff that really uh, intrigued all of baseball and was enough to to be the centerpiece. I know he did, he says I'm not the centerpiece. It's uh, it was a big trade, yep. but you know you can make the argument that he was the Padres' biggest return in that Juan Soto trade. He reported to spring training yesterday. Now, is there more to his game that can be Unlocked by a pitching coach like Ruben Niebla. Michael King talked about uh, working with the new Padres pitching coach.
5: My first call about Ruben was with Corey Kluber, and so I know he just retired. But um, he told me that he would not have two Cy Youngs without Ruben, and immediately that makes me really confident going into it. And then the first conversation I had with Ruben was like an hour and a half long conversation, and it wasn't really just about me; it was just about pitching in general. And I could not. I couldn't feel like I fit more with him than anybody else. He's super prepared in terms of video and um, really just homework on hitters, and that's my favorite thing to do. I always said that my greatest strength was knowing the hitter's weakness, um, and with a guy like that that has is so decorated as he is in terms of helping pitchers, Kluber's a guy that I emulated myself off of. Um, I'm so excited to get to work with him and actually see him in season, even like throughout the whole offseason. I would send videos here and there, normal off seasons, but. Ruben was like, hey, we got to up the communication. I want to talk to you all the time. Every time you get off the mound, I want to know how you're feeling. Yes. And it's great to just have that guy that I can go back on and, and really really trust in terms of what he's doing mechanically and also then in-season when we get preparation-wise. You learned your slider from Kluber, is that right? Kluber was the one that taught me. I, I still call it the Kluber ball. I'm not I'm not huge into the sweeper term of it, but it's a Kluber ball to me. You throw like a curveball? Kluber always struggled to define it, and that's why it's now called the sweeper. But it's... From my slot, I have to feel like I'm throwing a curveball because I'm a lower slot. Um, but guys that have a higher slot that are trying to get that sweep have to think that they're more slinging it from a lower slot. So it's really it's really different per pitcher. Um, with Kluber, it was uh, the main point for me was actually shortening my stride so I could feel like I'm getting on top of the ball because everything I throw was more underneath it because I'm a lower slot guy. Um, and I didn't have that cue until Kluber watched me, and he was like, hey, I think we got similar release points, and these are the cues that helped me. And uh, it became one of my best pitches for the last couple of years. Yeah. So,
3: Michael King, um, yeah, I, you know, there's. I think the hope uh, for most of us is that he can duplicate the performance that we saw in the second half of last season from the Yankees, but there's always the chance that he can even improve upon sure. that. And if he does, you know, Michael King turns into a, an ace type performer at that point. You know, he can be a one or two guy, not just a three guy behind Musgrove and Darvish, but he could be your best starting pitcher this year. There's some things that you get. A, you worry about you know the the innings of you know stretching out from 100 and change innings to a full season of we like just, 180
2: neable just did it with with Seth Lugo who Quite had been well. a receiver or a receiver a reliever and and you know sometimes a long reliever sometimes he would close games for the Mets he'd done he'd done it all and if you have the right mentality and Lugo certainly did last year he that's what he wanted to do and it sounds to me like Michael King wants more of the same um if he's ready man then you you make him ready. You let him go out and and take those starts and and work those innings, Ben. And uh Ruben's done this before, so I'm I'm pretty confident about Michael King and his abilities and and obviously um uh, the good relationship is already forming between those two. That's a good thing. Sticking with Michael King, I think um I
3: Certainly the Padres were the talk of baseball at this time last year with all the moves that they made and what happened to them during the season had to be some fodder for, you know, what were other teams saying about the Padres? What were the impressions outside of San Diego? Uh, Michael King talked a little bit about what he had seen from the Padres and, you know, how he felt joining them at this point now for the 2024 season.
5: I mean, they spent a ton of money and they got a great locker room in there. And I was, I mean, the talent that they have still in there, even though they lost... Hater and Snell. I don't. I guess I don't know about Snell, but um, and Soto. It's it's insane to walk through that locker room and see the guys that are in there. Um, Joe and you are two guys that I'm like pumped to work with. They're super hard workers. I would. I came in and I'm like, the ace of the team is the first one here today. It's it's weird things like that that I'm just really pumped to to be around. And then I met Manny once. He's awesome. Um, and then Bogarts this guy that I'm so glad I'm not facing him ever again. So the the talent that's here is insane. I know they underperformed last year, um, but I, I think that we still have a ton of talent in here and we're kind of meshing as a team. And I, I think that chemistry is something that can really um, add to it to wins.
3: I like Michael King right away. I, do too. I, I really do. He br- we, he's look,
5: he's
2: excited the, about working with this team. We're in the media. We like anyone that doesn't give you cliched turd answers. But let's be honest. I mean, that's that's why we're probably so high on him because you can actually have a conversation with him. Which is a rare a rarity these days. So, um, yeah, definitely saying, "Oh, um, and you know, goes in, puts it, puts in the work." Yeah, I mean, he's going to be a part of this team, and I'm excited to have him. I think he's great, great addition.
3: All right, uh, do we want to uh, pull out any other sound, Polly? Or we're good now. We, we've already yeah, getting. I, I mean, good. I see we're going to get probably more. Annie and Elston will have more. Uh, Sammy's like talking to Hasan Kim already this morning and getting some sound uh, from him. So I'm sure you'll hear plenty more uh, with Annie and Elston and Gwen and Chris as the day goes on from Padres <coughs> spring training uh, as more guys report and we get to the uh, the full day two of camp coming up today uh, in Peoria, Arizona.
2: Anything else with the Super Bowl you wanted to talk about? Uh,
3: Yes, we didn't address Travis Kelsey nearly knocking over his head coach, Andy (laughs) Reid. Wow. And Andy Reid, I think uh, one of the reasons why he's going to go down as one of the great coaches now in NFL history, gets his third Super Bowl ring after a long and successful successful run with the Eagles. He's now got three Super Bowl rings with the Kansas City Chiefs. But being a head coach is also about managing players. And that easily could have been a really bad situation for Travis Kelsey if in, in we saw what have a second quarter, uh, Pacheco fumbles, Kelsey runs over to the sideline, is given Andy Reid an earful about something, nearly knocks him over.
2: Yeah, he wanted he was saying, Keep me in the game. Keep me in the game, because the guy that was responsible for blocking the guy that forced the fumble would have been Travis Kelsey's assignment. So he was hot. You know, he's like, This is the Super Bowl. I'm supposed to be in there. And you, by making that sub, just cost us a, a turnover, Andy. And he was pissed. There was a little bit of um, it, it didn't feel like he went up to him with the intent of bumping him. He just wanted to kind of get in his face. But one kind of stumbled into the other and it looked terrible. And here's, I think.
4: Yeah, here's what Andy Reid had to say. <laughs> yeah, he caught me off balance. I
6: wasn't watching. Yeah. He, cheap shot. But that's right. <laughs> He was really coming, to just go, just put me in. I'll score. I'll score. You know, so that's really what it was. Well, I love that. I mean, it's not the
2: first time, so I, an, I appreciate it.
3: <laughs> but he diffused something that could have been a, have like been a an ongoing deal. story. And obviously, if the Chiefs had lost, it, it probably would have been even worse. But I, I'll give Travis Kelsey a pass a little bit. When I saw it, it looked like once he bumped him, he like almost tried to catch, catch him. It. Like I'm, I'm not trying to, knock, and... I'm not trying to knock my coach over on purpose. Um, I saw some people suggesting that if this had been another player and not Travis Kelsey, there could have been a bigger deal. It would have been a huge story. Like
2: you said, it's not the first time. I mean, these guys, you had... You had Rice going up and down the sidelines screaming at Mahomes. I and mean, it happens. Like That's the thing is every year there's going to be a baseball team that fights in the dugout and everyone's going to go, ooh. You had Manny screaming
3: ooh. at Tatis a couple it of years. It happens all I mean, the time. We every just team, see it. Every team it happens. People scream at each other. I think man, it's I was fired team. up,
2: man. I was fired up and we weren't hitting on, the, on all cylinders. And, um, I, I had to give Big Red a love tap there and, and let <laughs> him that know that we that were was. all here fighting for him no matter what. I, mean, I think what's I no unusual
3: problem. for people is is if you're not a pro- in a professional situation, the coach isn't necessarily – like it's not like your high school coach where you can't ever talk back or right. anything. Pro players talk back to their all managers the all the time. All it's the more time. of a
2: an equals discussion. It's, it's like a don't show me up thing. In baseball, <laughs> yeah. that's a big thing. Don't show me up. You want to chew me out, bring me down in the clubhouse yeah. and you let me have it. Don't you do it out on the mound when I come to take the ball from you. Things like that. So, yeah, that – The cameras caught him. He was absolutely giving it to Reed. I don't think he meant to take him out or anything. But, uh, hey, at the end of the day, they got the job done.
3: All right. You'll get uh, all of Annie and Elston's thoughts, Super Bowl, Padres, and more coming up next. Good first show of the week, everybody. Thank you for uh, joining us today. We'll be back tomorrow at 6 a.m. We'll continue our Tier 1 tour. uh, More live reports from Sammy Spring Training as well. For Executive Producer, Imaging Director, Paul Reindel, and Stephen Woods. I'm Ben Higgins. Have a great rest of your Monday from all of us here at 97.3
6: The Fan. So long. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.